This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha! Remember me, old chum? Jolly Hello and good morning and welcome to THN Cover to Cover. We do it live every Saturday, day being Saturday, February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. Good job, you didn't even have to ask. Boy, are my loins tired. But I'm bummed. Ah! I'm just kidding. We just kind of passed out. That's <laughs> what happens when you get old. Uh, here's how it works. From 11 a.m. to 12 Central Standard Time here in Omaha, Nebraska, we broadcast live on our Facebook page. To you nerds. And you can join us there. You can chat with us or you can call us live. 402-819-4894. Share your thoughts, your feelings, perhaps your answer to the question of the week. Have you noticed that I'm wearing a different shirt today? I have because I pointed it out and you got uh, you got worried. Last week, it. Matt, yeah. last week, Matt made fun of me for wearing my Saturday shirt. I didn't shirt. make fun of you. There was a, there's like a tile that it's like your recent videos and it was all the THN videos and I looked and it was like black shirt, black shirt, black shirt. I, black just, shirt. I have a really comfy black t-shirt that I just like to wear on Saturdays. Question of the week. Where's the script? You don't even need to look it up. You know I, what? I really don't. No. Uh, this week's question was submitted by Matt Baum in honor of the viral fame he gained from his worst X-Men Twitter thread. Who is your least favorite Avenger? Those of you who tuned in before we clicked record may have gotten a little sneak peek. Yes. But we won't, we won't talk about that right now. Yeah. I don't know if I just, if I do, I mean, I might pick up on it if I came into that, but that's a tough one to just hear that conversation and be like, wait a minute, are you talking about? <laughs> but we got all kinds of stuff to discuss. Weird news. Yeah. Weird news. Is it weird? Yeah. Well, we're not gonna be able to talk about it next week on the show. So we want to talk right. about it set up. So, so we we're going to, we're going we're gonna to give a pretty brief, quick rundown of this week's big news. Uh, Batman the Animated Series is returning in comic book form written by Paul Dini and Alan Burnett who did the animated series cartoon. I mean which is neat I, I suppose that's neat drawn I, by Ty Templeton who I love I just never really cared about like I love Batman the Animated Series loved it those Batman Adventures comics are great. And they are. They're I know. great. I, I just never found them like, man, I got to read these. I just, I like the cartoon to do its thing and the comics to do its thing. Sure, I get you it. Uh, so they're picking up where they left off, doing a, doing a story. It's going to take place before, uh, obviously before the events of Batman Beyond. And I believe, oh, well, that would also be before the events. Same look and everything, though. They're not changing anything. Just Well, Ty Templeton is doing the art and he's got a very like classic, like he draws in that style. Um, also, no, I, I guess I meant like. The costume and everything. Everybody yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, okay. they released a cover by Dan Mora, which is so good. Dan Mora is fantastic. Um, and it's just, it just it, it's drawn in his own style, but it's that aesthetic there. Sure. Their costumes. Sure. Um, I presume it will also take place before the final episode of Justice League Unlimited, where we find out that uh, Batman Beyond is a clone of Batman. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, we got our first look at the new Batman costume from the Batman. Yeah. Matt Reeves is the Batman. Yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson was in this suit. They were, it was a camera test. I don't trust anything anymore. Honestly, I don't trust anything we see anymore. Well, I mean, Matt Reeves is the one that posted it. I get it. I still don't trust it. What I still you, feel like, what do you mean you don't trust it? anymore? I feel like they just kind of throw stuff out to the internet. I mean, it was a camera test. See what the internet, how the internet reacts. And they go, 
all right, we'll go with that. They liked it. Or they go, oh, they fucking hated it. Right. That might be. Well, that was just a camera test. <laughs> well, I mean, photo- yeah, like, I mean this obviously, personal photography has not started yet. Right. And this is not the finished suit. Of course, yeah. it's not what it's going to so, look like. So, like, we don't, like, you don't get to see it pulled back far enough to see no. the ears. No. But what you do see is that it's going back to a more armored look. Yeah. Unlike the Batman, uh, the Ben Affleck Batman, which was some weird, like, I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what they're doing there. And fans are like, oh, I like the Ben Affleck one better. Like, shut up. Well, I liked it. I liked the Ben Affleck one better in the sense that it actually looked like a costume yeah. and not a suit of armor. And I liked how he moved in it and stuff. Yeah. That was cool. You um, know, that was the only thing I liked about it. But instead of when being, he started overing fire with the guns, you know, and everybody. Yeah, yeah. He has large caliber machine people. guns, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's it's instead of being like the bulky armor of like the Christian Bale movies, it's it's got like like sliding plates. You know, it looks yeah. very much like the Batman Arkham games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Again, this is there's no way this is what it's going to look like when it's all finished. We don't know. It, it will could look be, similar, I'm sure. Eh, uh, the the cowl looks more like it's like thick leather material instead of like a hard helmet, yeah. which I thought was neat. Um, which is good. I didn't like. There was one thing. If go, we're going to go. Actually, Casey and I are going to see uh, the original Tim Burton Batman tonight. The symphony is playing the entire. It's really cool. They show the movie and the symphony plays the entire soundtrack. It's amazing. But I was like watching some snippets because I was like, oh, man, was that in that first Batman or was that in the second one? And Michael Keaton in the suit. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I re- He's wearing this <laughs> stiff, ridiculous helmet. <laughs> I rewatched Batman Begins and Bur- uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight over the course of this past week. Right. And in the second one, Christian Bale comes to Lucius and he's like, I need a new suit. And he's got some plans that he drew up and Lucius goes, Oh, you want to turn your head? You want to be able to turn <laughs> <Right>. your head? <laughs> Cause like, like, I mean, Batman, you're essentially a martial arts expert. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like ninja level bat, but you literally right? cannot like, yeah, your peripheral and, vision and, is and you're totally limited. Like, well, I mean, I guess this isn't that big of a deal if I'm in a karate fight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, the the most controversial part of the new bat suit is that it appears uh, the bat symbol on his chest is definitely made up of distinct uh, individual met- metallic parts, and they sort of look like pieces of a gun. Yeah. Uh, and what the internet is going crazy about is the idea that it might be pieces of the gun that killed the Waynes. That's stupid. And I hope we're not doing that because that's just dumb. Uh, it also could be just like batarangs, you know, folded up in there. Like Robin had it, it in on Titans. Anything. We don't know. It's a camera But they like they very distinctly look like that looks like a gun grip. Like yeah. you can tell that's a belt clip. <laughs> oh, that's a dumb idea. Um, now, Kevin Smith had a story in Detective Comics 1000 where over the course of years, um, through various uh, aliases or whatever, uh, Bruce tracks down the gun that oh, kills his yeah, on the right. black market. Yeah, and, and he then he melts it, melts it down, down and it turns it into a piece of plating. Yeah. that he puts under his suit that covers his heart. Right, and he's like, "I'm gonna make this into a instrument of protection and justice." Whatever that I like. That was a really good story. Do not yeah. strap gun bits to your chest. Yeah, and be like, <laughs> "Like I'm so pissed, and I'm I need to get vengeance. I'm gonna glue these pieces." <laughs> 
in here. <laughs> well, first, bit. is that too? You've, you've, oh wait, wait, don't don't get stuck yet. That doesn't look you've, right. You've, <laughs> you know, you've like, taken the time decoupaging his yes. outfit. You've <laughs> taken the time to machine apart this gun, right. uh, but also you've like. I'm gonna glue a little bit of a sweepy bat wing to the bottom of it. <laughs> Adam Wednesday just said, "Yeah, it's just like Kevin Smith's Detective Comics 1000 story, except stupid." <laughs> uh, so we will see. He looks good in it. He does look good in it. Yeah. Whether the suit good. changes or not, of course it probably will over time. But I mean, I think like whenever there's a new Batman, the first thing that people are worried about is how's the guy gonna look. Sure. And I think he looks sure. like Batman. And I also think, well, like we not too long ago we talked about. When Superman was super ripped up and how he slimmed down a little bit and Batman was super ripped up, Christian Bale was definitely the biggest Batman we've ever seen. No. He was ben, shred. But, but sure, maybe. Shred. But like, the way that our Batman, uh, that Ben Affleck Batman was padded was like, he looked like an Ed McGinnis drawing. They d- yeah, they did make him look very big. I agree. But I don't have a problem with a slightly slimmer, sure. faster Batman. Yeah, and this is saying it's going to, the movie's you know? going to take place during uh, year two. Right. So it's not like he's, he's going to have some experience. Right. But he's not going to be like. Batman always wins Batman. Yeah, he's going to yeah, yeah. be he's going to be the guy that's still learning. Right. And maybe pieces of the gun are falling off and he's like this is a bad idea. I'm just not, you know <laughs> what? I'm going to go with the bat. Just, was, I'm going to go with that bat thing. I, was, I mean everything else is bat. Things. I was just going to go with it to see what happened. It didn't work. All right, let's not talk about it. Uh finally DC uh, is going to continue to roll out the details of its new continuity timeline in a series of numbered generation one shots. Oh boy. Each one focuses on a various area era in DC history, and it's going to follow the free comic book day generation zero colon God, uh, God's among us, AKA Wally West is Metron now. Um, <laughs> That's a much better title. Yeah. Uh, the five one shots will be <laughs> Wally West is Metron. Now. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, he's Metron Manhattan now. Yeah. Dr. Met- Manhattan. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Thank Manhattan. you. There you did is. it. Come on. It writes uh, itself. It does. <laughs> the one shots will be written by a collective brain trust of uh, writers, including Bendis, Dan Jurgens, Andy Schmidt, who we both questioned, like, who is Andy Schmidt? Yeah, I had no clue. Uh, and he's you, an editor. Right. Mainly known for editing. At Marvel on Annihilation? He did a bunch of Annihilation stuff yeah. at Marvel, yeah. Recently or old school Annihilation? I think the original Annihilation okay. stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, Robert Venditti, Joshua Williamson. It's going to have art by Doug Mankey, Brian Hitch, Mikhail Janin, cool Ivan names. Rice. We love all these David people. Marquez. Yeah. Uh, so. Although Total Dudes Club. Yeah. 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 It is. <laughs> total Sausage is. Fest. Uh, Generation One, Age of Mysteries, will be by Andy Schmidt and lead artist Doug Mankey. It'll be 48 pages and it'll f- and they'll all feature uh, covers from Jim Chung and Gary Frank. Uh, this one focuses on Golden Age characters such as Wonder Woman, Alan Scott, Jim Corrigan as the Spectre, the original Mr. Terrific, Lucius Fox, Alfred Pennyworth, and more. Your classic Golden Age characters, yeah. Lucius Fox. Yeah, you know. Um, so what does that mean? Does that mean that we are changing Golden Age continuity? Well, like, they already have. I mean, saying Wonder Woman was the first superhero. Well, I mean, yeah, th- sure. But when you start like taking characters like Lucius Fox... And dropping them. In the so Golden remember Age. how that's we, almost it. Like it's one thing we've always toyed with the gods of the DC universe, where maybe they were here, or maybe they were there, or maybe that happened. But when you start taking like mundane characters and sticking them, like if they're like, oh yeah, uh, Jimmy Olsen was right there to photograph Baby Superman, you'd be like, wait, what? So remember in Doom, <laughs> remember in Doomsday <laughs> Clock, where Doctor Manhattan is going through the timeline, and it's like it's 1938. 
a rocket crashes in Kansas. Right. It's 1986. Right. A rocket crashes in Kansas. I think we're going to get like this sliding timeline where these characters are reintroduced in a new era. It's going to be like, it's 2004. A rocket crashes in Kansas. Or something. Yeah. Like Superman's young and he's hip and he's vegan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got dreads, you know. Uh, here is a list got of no gender. None. No. <laughs> here is a list of mysteries that DC says will be addressed in generation one. What has the previously undocumented big bang of the age of what was the previously undocumented big bang of the age of mysteries? What character truly ushers in the dawn of superheroes inspiring all the rest? We already saw we that. already know that. Yeah. What was the real, what was the real reason behind the justice society of America's retirement, which golden age hero will become history's greatest villain. What content, what contentious alliance kept the Wayne family dynasty alive after Thomas and Martha's deaths. It's Maxwell Lord, right? Uh, Lucius Fox and Alfred Pennyworth, probably. <laughs> Who are the new How never before? There's nothing evil about those two. Contentious doesn't mean evil. It just means that they're, well, they're buttheads. Suppose, yeah. Who are the new never before seen wild cards that will be instrumental in fashioning DC's push to the future? Ooh, I hope it's wild dog. I hope it's wild cats. Ooh, I hope it's wild dog leading the wild cats. Oh, <laughs> what if it's wild dog leading the wild covert action teams? Starring Ted Grant, Wildcat in the cat costume. Oh man, back up! Okay. Too many cats. Time out. <laughs> Too many cats. Uh, you got to get Catman involved too. No, Ted Grant, Catman, and the Wildcats are all after Wild Dog. It's a classic dog versus cat story. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> they should hire us. Jesus, uh, it's like Tom and Jerry's been doing this for how long? <laughs> the rest of the generations are named as follows, uh, and they'll be they'll come out once a month. Generation two, Age of the Metahuman. Generation three, Age of Crisis. Generation four, Age of Rebirth. And Generation 5, G5, baby. G5. Age of tomorrow. Age of Hawaii. Here's a bunch of shit Dan DiDio said. <laughs> Huawei, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> Age of Huawei. Huawei. Uh, yeah, I don't need to read all that shit from Dan DiDio. So that's where we're at with this week's news. Nobody knows what's going on with great DC's goddamn. timeline. I don't even think DC knows. Holy great goddamn. I'm turning the... Okay, I am ending. Do not disturb. Give us a call. 402-819-4894. We can talk about all this. We can talk about your least favorite Avenger, because we have some Avengers we would like to hate on, which I think would be fun. <laughs> Thomas Branch, Cats versus Dogs 3, the DC edition. I love it. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, Adam Wednesday points out that Golden Age Alfred actually did become a villain called The Outsider. When what in this back in the way back, huh? Yeah, did he like? I mean, it was the golden age, so he didn't do what did he do? Like, well, golden he age, stole Alfred- all the left sucks in Gotham, you know, <laughs> or like what? Uh, uh, god, I can't. Smithers, I think his name is Smithers, Smithers, uh, Arch, uh, Veronica's butler from Archie, I think it was oh, yeah, Smithers, yeah. Smithers, uh. Golden Age Alfred looked like Smithers. He looked like yeah, a, yeah. he looked like a kind weeble comb over. <laughs> yeah, thing. he also he looked like an Easter egg. Yeah, 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 with legs. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I think maybe it was Silver Age Alfred became the outsider, and then that he got very he got much better. Uh, why? What? I don't. Why do I know anything about this? Because the Alfred we know of did not come. We the Alfred we know as Alfred is a more modern creation than we usually think. Like how modern? Like 70s? Like 50s, 60s probably. Okay. Well, that's still Silver Age. Yeah, I get it. I don't understand. 
I'm yeah, complete, here, though. I'm completely Turn on lost. the phone line, and I'll look it up. The phone line is on. 402-819-4894. Call us. We can talk about all of this. What is Patrick saying? Hip crashed in 2004. Superman is the persona that wears the thick frame glasses, while his alter ego, Clark Brogan Kent, doesn't wear glasses. Brogan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling DHN Cover to Cover. Caller, let me turn you up a little bit. And who this? JD got a catch. Good morning, JD. How are we and what do we want to rap about? Good, good. Well, um, and complete contrary to my usual discussion topics, uh, I want to talk about DC. I want to talk about Batman specifically. Let's, let's, talk right, about, hey. let's talk about some Batmans. What do you want to rap about? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, more true to my usual form. Obviously, I want to talk about the Batman's grave. So good. God, um, it's good. Oh, so good. I love it. <laughs> Before we di- before we get into that on a more meta scale, because you guys are really DC heavy on the news today, so I just thought I'd kind of pitch in with that, which is one, I'm really stoked for the the Batman the animated series comic. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I know I it's beloved. Because- I, it's just one of the things where I don't. I never hated it. I'm not saying I hated it. I just what? it wasn't required reading for me. For me, though. Okay, so my rather contentious relationship with DC has always been. I have a hard time with the hard continuity of DC. I, I just can't sure. seem to find an on-ramp. So for me, all the stuff that I've always loved in DC has been like Ellis's The Batman's Grave right. or uh, Justice League Unlimited. Justice League Unlimited is like my definitive DC universe, in my opinion. <laughs> Is the animated series. Quite honestly, I think it's one of the best examples of like it's what the, the DC the, universe yeah. can be. It's the best uh, distillation yeah. of everything yeah. good about DC. Yeah. Like what DC, when yeah. it's great, what makes it great? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh. So, yeah. So for, for me, like Batman the animated series, I mean, oh, great. This is another Batman series that I can jump on and fair read enough. because That's I've fair. been following the animated series since it existed. And, you know, I, I love that world. What I find interesting, though, is if I think over to my side of the fence, Marvel doesn't really have that per se. I mean, they don't really have any, they don't have a whole lot of like tentpole out of continuity or continuity adjacent green, not really green things that people can grasp onto, like an Ellis Batman or a Batman the Animated Series or something like that. Yeah, they really don't. Uh, even and- the Marvel Adventures. I comics are yeah. can get continuity heavier or or even just scaled more to younger readers. Yeah. I think Marvel has been more fast and loose with the sense of like for I don't even know how long. As long as I can remember, Marvel's been like, jump on here, jump on in, come on in. You know, like start with this new series. We'll just restart it at one. We'll restart it again. I mean, yeah. we've had like four Guardians of the Galaxy's number ones in the last five right. years, I think. Yeah, so, but I mean, yeah. but DC has literally rebooted their entire continuity like five times. This is true. So, but now, true. but even in rebooting their continuity, what are they doing now? They're going back in and going, now we're taking all our continuity and picking bits and pieces and sliding it around so it all works again. So you've been tricked to coming in and now you have to yeah, go back also, and read everything. Oh, I don't think that'll be necessary. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but I'll also say, let's take the Batman's grave, for example. The Batman's Grave has nothing to do with DC continuity. No. Yeah, right. It really doesn't. I mean, Alfred's still alive. It's a totally different bat suit. Yeah. Um, 
I and mean, it's and it's just like Jim kind of Gordon, a bonkers, wild Batman detective story. Classic Jim Gordon. Yeah, I mean, it, that's why I call it continuity adjacent. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the closest thing I could ever think of to a story that I would call continuity adjacent in Marvel that I can think of, they actually switched and rolled into continuity, which was Astonishing X Men with Whedon. Right. Yeah. I'm just wearing a black. Because when that first started, <laughs> that was a hard shift. I mean, that was a hard downshift. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. That was that was almost. I mean, that was just like two steps below Hickman. <laughs> I mean, as far as the status quo was this, and now it's this. Right. Get over it. <laughs> so, where do you come down on the Dark Knight shit that I was screaming about on the regular show? Like, are you ready for more of this Dark Knights bullshit where we're just gonna like? Flip the script on oh, Batman I again, basically, I, and go. I oh nothing, yeah, the whole world is screwed. About the dark. I, no, see, that's the thing. Is like the Dark Knights, all of that. I know nothing about it. Well, I mean, Matt's. I mean, Matt's I, placing this this importance on the idea that the world's going to get fucked up, as though the world doesn't get fucked up in every major comic book event. It does. I, I'll give you that, but I'm just saying, right. like this metal bullshit. I mean, like we're talking I, I, about I, jumping I, on it points has no and bearing whatnot. on me because again, no. like I said. My stuff in the DC universe, the things I like about DC are the stuff that has nothing to do with their continuity. Fair yeah, that, and that's a totally fair way to that, engage. That stands out. Yeah, that's a totally fair way to engage with their characters. And, and like, I agree. A lot of times I would much rather watch Young Justice or Justice League Unlimited on, on the DC app than I would worry about keeping track of what happened in this book or that right. TV show. The latest Justice League yeah. of America. I mean, comic book. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I'll be honest, there's, there's a Green Lantern book out that I've been tempted to pick up. It's which so is good. The, new, uh, the Far Sector book. Oh, my God. Oh, Far Sector is great. It's great. But um, I would argue that, like, the regular Grant Morrison Green Lantern that's going on right now. It's also disconnected completely mainly from DC disconnected. Like, oh, if you're, if oh you're, nice. Okay. I mean, if it's there. It is, to be fair, it's there, but it's Grant Morrison yeah. saying... Hal Jordan is off in space doing the fucking craziest shit ever. (laughs) Right. It it does not concern itself with the comings and goings of other events. And Morrison goes out of his way to sort of poke some fun at that, too. Where, like, here and there, when other characters from the DCU do pop in, they're like, Hal, what are you doing? We've got this ridiculous, terrifying, monstrous thing that's going on. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, that's always going on. See you guys. I'm in space. I got to deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) This is my partner. His head's a volcano. (laughs) It's so good. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. If you like the Batman's grave for that reason, then the Green Lantern by Grant Morrison is definitely going to be Because I would argue Grant Morrison, like... I think they got to a place where with Green Lantern where we have done so many different takes of the Green Lanterns are secretly bad. The Green Lanterns are good. The White Lanterns are bad. The oh, Yellow Lanterns are fighting with the Red Lanterns. Only, now only the Guardians are the bad. The color spectrum. The yeah, Guardians yeah. have always been bad, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and they got to a point where it's just like, no, let's just boil it down. What do back. we like? Yeah, it, and Grant Morrison came in and said, you know what I like? I like Hal Jordan being a space cop. And I'm just going to do that. Yep. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Wonderful. With Nova. <laughs> yeah. The, yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Nova, the, the Nova Corps is an obvious, we'll be generous and call oh, it yeah. an homage <laughs> yeah. uh, to the Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> uh, the rings, they have helmets. Come yeah. On. Right. And he's like, he's the only, he's just like one step removed from like making fists, with glowing fists with his Pretty mind. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, with Batman's Grave, though, I mean, I've just really been enjoying the, like you said, the dead, distilled take of Batman doing the yeah. detective story. And the, the most recent issue, I guess, are you guys current? 
I did not read this week's yet. I haven't read this week's either. I'm one issue behind. Okay, all right. This week's is interesting. It takes place in Arkham, and yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I will say it's the only Batman book that feels like book. a Batman book right now. Batman is doing stuff mm-hmm. in Batman and Detective, but like if we, we just got out of the Tom King stuff, which was different, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, we had like yeah. the Scott Snyder Batman shit that's going on, which is like the needle swung completely the other way <laughs> and somewhere in the middle there is Batman. And this is the, like Batman's grave feels like the most classic version of Batman that I used yeah, to want for to read. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the you most know. recent, so the most recent one you guys read was the one where he goes to the, uh, the doctor's apart, the doctor's. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, where the right? assassins are yeah, there and with, he's, yeah. he puts a beat down. Yeah. On, with, with, uh, yeah, with with Alfred doing the whole like scanning with the drone thing. Yeah, and yeah. I just love that. It's like it, uh, like it took me straight back to like the Midnighter destroying dudes yeah. in a th- in the yeah, authority. Yeah. It's like, oh, I forgot what these guys are capable of. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, like we've gotten so yeah. used to him, you know, wearing cut off shirt with a gun that fires chainsaws into the mouths of giant worm demons that are coming out of the fart verse or whatever that like we forget <laughs> that Batman is the detective and a badass. <laughs> right. Day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, and, JD. And, and I heard, I heard someone else talking about it too. And you know, in that, in that issue, I mean, there's 12 pages of near silence. Yeah. Yeah. Of just action. And so I heard someone else talking about it and they were just commenting like how nice it was to have a Batman who fights without being quippy. Yeah, I do get like Scott Snyder has this thing where he's like, you know what I like when Batman looks right at the camera and says, fuck you. Like, no, Batman doesn't do that. And he's like, Snyder has that a, from any of Scott he totally Batman has comics. Batman turning around and cussing like all the time. Yeah, and he's like not. tough guy moments. Yeah. Tom King was doing it, too. Every, like when yeah. Bane, like, like that final uh, fight with Bane, he's like, I mean, I don't remember what he says, but he's like, surfs up, Bane, eat my shit. <laughs> and like kicks him. They're like, no, Batman doesn't need to do that. Batman just beats the hell out of you. You do the talking I think, I think and Batman got, beats you I think he's up. Got you know? one, I think he's got like one, like one, like offline where the guy says, uh, says, yeah, I've got a good doctor. I don't feel pain anymore. And he says, can he help you see? And he takes his eyes out. <laughs> it's so brutal. It's so brutal. All right, JD, we got to share the air. I'm cutting you off. I will, we will talk to you soon though. All right, All right well, buddy. Have fun on vacation. All Where right. are you going again? Going to Puerto Rico. Nice. Yes. Have fun. And we'll see you when you get back. Barring any earthquakes. We will. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Talk later. to you later. See ya. Surf's up, Bane. It's time for you to catch a wave <laughs> of pain. No, like they would do this. It was Grawlixed, obviously. He's not actually cussing. Right. But like that, there's no reason for Batman to do that. Batman doesn't do that. Batman yeah, I, just yeah, I agree. beats your ass, you know? I just want everybody in the chat to or that's watching to see that Patrick Kavanaugh points out Matt is channeling Dieter from Sprockets today. Dieter, thank you for calling THN cover to cover. <laughs> Caller, who this? Now is the time on THN cover to cover when we talk to listeners. Full, like turtleneck. This is just a shirt. <laughs> who this? It's Brian. It's Brian Domingos. Good morning, Brian Domingos. <laughs> so I heard a rumor that you were going to call and you were going to scream about Paul Mounts for a little bit. Is this true? I. Well, um, I 
I could. There's a. I feel like it, I have a lot to talk about. You guys have been so busy uh, the last couple of weeks, and um, but yeah, I mean, did he, everyone is covered in algae in that issue? And I, I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, I, decision. Like it, it is the like they're like so oh, look, this Kevin is Maguire doing what the he latest does. Superman, like, this is the right? Worst. Yeah, it, it was, was in Superman, Superman Heroes. Heroes. Superman yeah. Heroes. Sorry. Um. Yeah. It. It is like Kevin Maguire, who I, you know, he's he's an icon. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. this art is this coloring is doing nothing to help him and he looks there's one where he's he's flying over uh metropolis like superman like like i don't know like a horizontal panel and it looks like he's like covered in um like plastic yeah he's yeah, like yeah. all shiny and all these weird yeah. places he's like yeah he's th- putting shadows it is weird on he's putting shadows on top of shadows that the artist has already drawn in do you, do you think it's like an attempt at like a three dimensional, it's over rendered. Yes, thing. he's trying to add it's, too much it, yeah. depth. Yeah, and yes. it, it does not work. Ugh. Like the thing. It, the, the, go ahead, Brian. No, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm passionate, uh, but I, I, but I agree. Yeah, it's it's passionate. like it's completely it's over rendered, and it's like yeah. he's doing contouring where the contouring is not needed. Right, um, and it's just it's like I have not been a palm mount fan really ever and it's like this is like this is as bad as it gets it is hopefully i mean i can't imagine it being worse than this but right it's just like it's like weirdly green and yellow like it's like the whole there's like a tinge to it it's like he put a he put like a green and yellow filter over like that group shot where superman was like a sickly looking justice league like they all have kryptonite poisoning or something i don't know right. what happened but the- they, and then yeah, it just I don't I don't get it. Like I don't, and it, it's it's sort of like the John Romita Jr. thing you guys talked about last week, where it's like, at what point does so, an editor say, guys? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, they we know what good comics be, look like right. more so than something. any of us. They know. They can look before like it's, it's finished. They should be able to look and go, this is going to be great. Or we're going to have a problem with this. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I, like I, I think a lot of it's just, you know, it's plain aesthetics. And I think I'm, you know, I've read, in, I mean, tens of thousands of comic books at this point. I know what looks good and what doesn't. Right. And they don't look good. Like I, I think those things where people take the, the, there's some guy who does it on Twitter where he'll take like a comic page and show like the motion and like, this is the action that the artists use. It's like, okay in the storytelling like i guess but wouldn't that guy be facing that way in the script like it's not like storytelling it's just it's kind of obvious like there's obvious things of like some things are really intricate and you miss it and other things are like that guy's fucking green and he shouldn't be green right like like, why yeah you why is that guy's arm bending like that you know (laughs) like that that does not look like gorilla draw right Right. like what are what is happening like that we need to do something and it's um, and it's, it's just, it's a little surprising. Cause I know that I reread the, um, the first Bendis action comics trade paperback, like the invisible mafia. And it's, um, it's the, the, his first bunch of issues after his, that man of steel miniseries. And it's like so good and has so much potential. And it's like Ryan Sook and Patrick Gleason and Yannick Paquette. And like the coloring is gorgeous. And I was right. like, this is like top of the line shit like this is as good as it gets and then it, it got into like the, the leviathan slog a little bit and like the prequel to that and now it's like i like the story I, I, the superman um secret id reveal i'm on board like let's mm-hmm. see what happens but totally. like little things like this i'm like what are we doing like what what yeah are they doing it, too much it's 
No, it's just like a, no, it's like a it's like a dip in quality that nobody seems to notice but us. I don't know. Like because but, like Ryan said, it started off so strong with with the right. art and on action Beautiful. comics specifically. Absolutely yeah, like, gorgeous. Superman is still gorgeous. Ivan Rice is still on it. Yeah. Um, but they went from Ryan Sook and Yannick Paquette and whoever to that Zymon Kurdransky. Yeah. Uh, who also drew yeah. Fallen Angels. Yeah. That book looks terrible. It looks bad. His, it, I'm sorry, his art bad, is yeah. not good. No. Uh, and then from there, we went to John Romita Jr., who does not know how to draw simple animal shapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, nobody is, what is, what is happening? <laughs> simple animal what shapes. What is happening? Uh, it's, it's, John, it's, look at the yeah, elephant cracker. It, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> The thing about the coloring, real quick, the thing about the coloring in Superman Heroes, it's like two pages in. Uh, and like, I don't normally, normally I'm kind of oblivious to bad coloring unless it's very bad. Yeah. But I'm reading Superman Heroes and I get to like the third page where he's talking to Lois in their apartment. And she's wearing a, a you know a, a professional looking vest and a top, and she's got a little bit of cleavage coming out. Very like nothing at all untoward, right. For a professional woman, sure. And then Paul Mounts has decided that she's got a one of those museum flashlights built into the bottom of her chin, so that it shines directly down <laughs> her chest, and it makes it look like her boobs go from the middle of her body to the base of her neck. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Does well, this guy I'm, not I'm know gonna, what I, women I, look like? It's it's we we talk about coloring every once in a while when it's good, when it's very good. Yeah. Because more times than not, it's just good or you don't notice it. Right. Like uh, so like good coloring. Right. I, I read my comics so fast for the show, yeah. which I, I it's probably not great. Um that uh, good coloring that stands out, I stop and go, whoa. Yeah. This was the opposite and, reaction. Now when was the, <laughs> here's where I'm going with this. When was the last time that we, like we looked at an image book or a boom book? or an aftershock or any small press book and went, this coloring is fucking terrible. Almost never. There'll be times where I'm like, I didn't love the art, but it's not like there was a flaw with I, the coloring. I think I sometimes <laughs> I think I sometimes noticed when the artist and the colorist are the same person. Um, but like if there's a named colorist doing the work like Jordi Belair or whoever, yeah. it just kind of watches over me usually. Because it's gorgeous or, <sighs> or it's fine or whatever. So sorry, I just, Brian, I stepped How up, this I, happens in Superman. And yeah, professional big two billion dollar right. franchise. And, and like it's not taking place in like zombie tramp or something. Yeah, <laughs> right, like I don't right. get it. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to to you know pull a 180 on my Paul Mount thing. That the cleavage thing was not him. That was a different color. Was it a different um, colorist? I, All right. Yeah, it's that it's that Gabe. Um, oh, Gabe know, L. Tabe. We can still beat up what, Paul. Don't worry, we're still yeah, gonna yeah, kick he, his and ass. It's, and I, and I, and because he he's worked with that Scott. Um, what, that was Mike Norton Gattawell that did those or whatever. They worked together. Or Mike Norton. Yeah, yeah. I, like I don't know. I, I'm a little. I'm a coloring nerd. But yeah, it, the contouring. When I went back and looked at that, I was like, that is like. In, this book is out of control. Like right. that in the and that's that's the, that the, was the thing that. That's the, that was the thing that set me off. And so for the whole rest of the issue, I'm looking at it going, what the hell? What the hell is this? Why does Superman have a black mold growing on his chin? <laughs> it was weird, too, because Nathan Fairbain did the um, he did the uh, Steve Lieber pages, which yeah. the Jim Olsen scene like with him and, and Clark, with, where he's like, I always knew it was you because only two people call me Jim. And it's uh, two guys do it, and it's actually one guy. And he's like, "So it's you." And Clark's like, "Oh, of course. Like, how dumb am I that I call you Jim because I respect you, and everyone else thinks you're an asshole." 
Um, so that's how we knew a secret. But the, even the coloring on that was like a little dark and like, and it doesn't look like the Jimmy Olsen book. Like, I know the book was a little delayed, but I don't. I don't know. It's just you just have like to that, wonder like, if, if we're rushing things at this point and we're just firing things well, out. Like Brian and they said, printed 10,000 the of them and then looked at it and went, ooh. The book was running late. It got delayed. It. Print the rest so, of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you get to a point where it's like, it's too expensive. We're not scrapping it. It's going out. Screw these kids. <laughs> you know? It'll be interesting to see what the villains one shot looks like because that yeah. got delayed three weeks. Like James Caan in Elf where like, right. it just didn't print two pages in the kids book. And they're like, <laughs> I don't know. Let them draw it in. Fuck them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> Brian, while we have you, who's your least favorite Avenger? Um, I kind of don't like any Avengers. I'm not in. Um, who's your least favorite? I didn't ask. Hey, Brian, can you crap on the Avengers? No, least favorite. <laughs> Come on. Um, um, I I know this might this might hurt someone on the show. Um, I've always thought that the dumbest one was Black Knight from um, the '90s. Um, Avengers team with like the coat, I like don't. the leather jacket, Black Knight. Well, because not um, only did he have I don't a leather, disagree. <laughs> not only did he have a leather jacket, but he also had a lightsaber, <laughs> right? Instead of the ebony blade, and like he wanted to, you know, fit in and be able to walk around in public, so people weren't constantly like, "Hey, Black Knight, Black Knight." So you put a leather jacket on, and then nobody pays attention to your Black Knight helmet that you're wearing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, like I, I was, I was more of X Men than Avengers, but I remember when that book, it was like Bob Harris and Steve Epting were like the creative team, and it yeah. was like that team, and I'm like, I don't. Who are these people? Like, I don't recognize any. It's yeah. like, I think it's him and like Dr. Druid and like just this real, like, yeah, crew it was of, like, like Crystal God, and, like, and Death Bird. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, Where's Iron Where Man? was Where's everybody in America? Like, where are the Avengers? I don't know. Who that was like a total DC thing for a long time. Yeah, too. I don't remember where They're the rest like of the, the Avengers Justice were. Justice League with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman for two more issues, and then. <laughs> right. Here comes the dealy. Uh not Deathbird. Um Death Cry, War Cry. Nah, Deathbird was yeah, uh, not not Lil, not Lilandra. No, yeah. she was Shiar. She was yeah. a Shiar, but it wasn't Lilandra. Oh, it was sister. a different one. It was a different one. Yeah, Death Cry. There's another bird. They're, They're all birds. Yeah, I, know I know them. Yeah, it's war, I think it's War Cry, something like that. They're in that an early, early issue of the I think it is War Cry. Reed, uh, I'm looking it up. Uh Ron Garney cap. Right, story, yeah. Story, yeah, yeah. You know, when I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I, oh, that, that's just like not a great, and I know them mostly from like trading cards, but like, yeah, yeah, me too. That's, that's a, that's a bad, 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 bad era, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so who else, Avengers. who else was there? Cersei, Hercules with no beard. Get out of here with that. Yeah. I don't need no beardless uh, Hercules. That sucks. Uh, the vision, but not the good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like it just looked like extras but i'm like this is the this is the main avengers book it's yeah, like, yeah this is what we got like how how did this happen but i mean there have been some you know horrible eras of the justice league so oh yeah know. absolutely yeah, uh, yeah no yeah. doubt all right brian we got to share the air here so i'm cutting you off i can't find i don't think it was war cry well listen in we'll figure it out here though <laughs> all right <laughs> but it's good to talk to you go. brother we'll thanks talk brian to you soon. take it easy I think it was Death cry. Death uh, cry war war cry i think is a newer character avengers shire I'm looking it up here. You know what? I have the list of Avengers called up on Wikipedia right now. Death Cry. Marvel Comics Avengers Death Cry. There you go. <clears throat> oh, God, she was dumb. God, she was dumb. And she, like, had that, like, Rob Liefeld kind of, like, haircut at <laughs> the time. Yeah. Actually, it's more yeah. of a Mark Silvestri thing, I think. I believe it was, like, a standard Shi'ar haircut. Thank you for calling DHN Cover to Cover Caller. Who dis? 
Good morning, nerds. Good morning. This is Justin Robert Fletcher. <laughs> good morning, Justin good morning, Robert Fletcher. Justin. You're calling in. Yeah, yeah. I had to call in because I couldn't answer last week's question of the week. Okay, let's do it. And since John does my kind of thing, I know we're a week off, but I don't have any real Avenger knowledge anyway, so it's kind of wasted on me. Fair enough. So I've got two. I know we weren't really supposed to pick a actual song, but I did anyways. But I do have a, a specific cue. It's not really in a nerd movie, but That's all good. I have to say, Kill Bill Volume One. Anytime she sees somebody from the Delhi Viper assassination squad. Yeah. When she sees red. Yeah. And you hear that, like, with that weird fucking, yeah. And then, and then it goes <laughs> off. And these is like, it's like yeah. straight from, uh, I can't remember the old movie. It's a samurai movie about, um, uh, it's like a woman that is Lady Snowblood. Yeah, I think it might be right out of Lady Snowblood. That's what inspired. Oh, there's no, there's no way it's not. I mean, that's yeah. all Tarantino does is just. Oh yeah. Redo shit that he loved when he was a kid. Oh yeah. Okay, and then okay. So for the song, though, I have to say, and I know this is really really obvious, it's Tim Burton's theme for uh, Tim Burton and Danny Elfman's theme for Batman. I do think eighty nine. It that is still like as far as close to perfect for a superhero theme. I mean, like you have the Superman theme from the old Superman movies, and then you have the Danny Elfman. Batman. Yeah. Theme. And like without question. I mean, and that's the an animated series too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's and again, that was Elfman doing all that music. So that theme was recycled for so many of the early uh superhero movies, like especially the Spider-Man movies. Uh I think Danny Elfman also did the uh uh the music for the first Spider-Man. He did the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So. He did. And the theme he was just like did, he did Endgame, didn't he? He did Endgame or Infinity War as well. Uh, Alan Silvestri yeah, did Alan the Silvestri. Avengers movies. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but like the first Spider-Man movie came out and the theme starts playing. I'm like, this sounds just like the Batman theme. It was theme. the Batman theme. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really close. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's iconic. I totally agree. When I hear that, like it, when I hear that song, even just like the first few bars of that song, it takes me right there. Uh, oh, to, I, I, you need to say fact check me. I'm, I'm certain he did an Avengers movie. Maybe it was Ultron. No, it was all. I, I thought yeah, it was all I'm telling you, he did a he did a Marvel movie. Okay, well he looks that up. You I tell promise. me, is this Batman or Spider Man theme playing? Uh, I'm just gonna what? play you a little bit of it. You're, you hear it? Batman or Spider Man? Did you just ask me? Can you hear this? Batman or Spider-Man? Yeah. yeah, Batman or Spider-Man, it's the hands down Batman. No, I'm saying the music that's playing right now. Can you hear this? No. You can't hear it? Oh, All I right. thought maybe it was coming through the phone. <laughs> but I mean, like, if I you just stop it. right here. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> uh, I'm looking up Danny. Yeah, no, right I mean, now. well, you, you hear part. I mean, well, like, you stop right there. The there's no way to know. <laughs> what were you saying, Justin? <laughs> I was just going to say, that's also, uh, as a kid, the first time I recall thinking a movie wasn't going to be as good was when I was in the theater watching Batman Forever. And when it started, even though there was supposed to be, you know, I know we changed Batman, Michael Keaton's not there anymore, but you still had the same Alfred, you still had the same Commissioner Gordon. This yeah. was the, the, third of, the third movie of a trilogy. And I remember when that movie started and it was not Tim Burton's music. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what it, the fuck it, is going on? Who, and I, I remember, remember that as a kid. That was the first time as a kid I remember when music was. I was like, "Well, this isn't right." Yeah, I do. I Fuck totally it. remember like complete tonal switch. And I liked Batman Forever. It was fun, but 
definitely like who was it? I'm trying to figure out who did the soundtrack. It was the same. Hey, actually, this is a this is crazy. This is a, a stupid, a stupid talent. I was watching Batman Forever three nights ago. That's why I'm talking about it now. And there's a scene where they're having and, and where Nigma's having his big party after he's like fucking rich. And he's trying to uh, show off to Bruce Wayne. Right. And when there's the band's playing, I heard this this you know the, just the soundtrack, and I was like, whoa, that that sounds a fucking lot like Interview with the Vampire. I was like, I got to know, I got to know now. So I went to Google, Google the interview with the vampire. It's a guy named, I think, Barry Goldenthal. Elliot Goldenthal. Like, Elliot, yeah. Then immediately Googled Batman Forever. Yep. Elliot Goldenthal. I was like, yes. Elliot Goldenthal was hired by Schumacher to compose the film score before the screenplay was written. In discussions with Schumacher, the director wanted Goldenthal to avoid taking inspiration from Danny Elfman. <laughs> yeah, he wanted the opposite. Don't he the opposite do what he works. To go the opposite way. Joel Schumacher took everything <laughs> yeah. that was cool about He's like, you know that Batman thing that movies and went the opposite way. Totally. It, it's like just Trump tearing down all the Obama stickers in the White House. Like, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it works? <laughs> I hate it, you know? <laughs> there are some redeeming factors to Batman Forever. There really are. But there are some really, really shit parts, too. Absolutely. So according to IMDb, the uh, the last Marvel work Danny Elfman did was Spider-Man 3. Okay. So he has not done anything with the Avengers movies. I didn't think so. I thought um, that was all Silvestri. But yeah, Alan Silvestri composed the Avengers theme. Right. Um, and he's definitely did the, the, the score for Endgame. And they were smart enough to uh, stick with him for all of them instead of being yeah, like, don't do what Silvestri did. Elliot, <laughs> Elliot Goldenthal, what's he, what he's doing? What's he doing these days? I'm, he's and, and that's, very that's one thing about Avengers. The, when the first Avengers came out, I thought the, the Avengers music was so hokey. But I swear to God, there is the hair stands up on the back of my neck every time in yeah. Infinity War when it's when Cap is across the train station. Oh yeah, right. I mean, it was it was definitely say, a little hokey, but vision. We'd already in introduced the, the idea of Cap and like Cap's music, and like Cap was super hokey. I mean, and now you've got Cap with them and stuff, and it's like, yeah, we're gonna be heroes again. So here is your generic hokey hero music, and you will but, like it. <laughs> you know, yeah, right? it worked it got so us. fucking well, dude. Yeah, it totally. God, they got me again. They got me again. <laughs> All right, Justin. All right, good fellas. I'm good gonna to give talk you some to you. time, man. All right, I'll yeah, talk to you soon. Take it easy, Justin. Have a good morning. Yeah, have a nice trip. Oi. Okay, we back. We back. Are we? Are we back? <laughs> Thankfully, that was the only problem with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you know what? I do not agree that the Avengers movies, uh, the music is hokey. No way. I think it's super, like, heroic I think sweeping. This was when they, I mean, it is, but this was also the first time we'd really, like, reintroduce that level of, like, theme plays when the heroes show up, theme plays while they're fighting. Well, I mean. Like, we hadn't done that for a while. They did it in all the Marvel movies. Yeah, but it was also, I don't know, I, it, not, like, on that level. It really wasn't because like there wasn't like an Iron Man theme that I thought about or like, I mean, other than maybe the ACDC song that they fit into every, you know, <laughs> every movie or something. I mean, Captain America definitely had a distinct theme. cap had cap was the first one to have a real distinct theme. Definitely. I mean, everybody else is just sort of modern music. And then when he showed up with the Avengers, the Avengers had a theme. What are you doing? Because, like, there wasn't like an. That's not going to work. What were you trying to do? I was trying to play the Iron Man theme. There, I mean, I can play it on mine if you want to just hear Google, it. Just <laughs> yeah. Google Iron Man yeah. theme. It'll be the you're first not, thing that comes you're up. You're not tied into it. All right. 402-819-4894.
call us. We uh, have all kinds of stuff to talk about, but I want to hate on some more Avengers. Let's talk about the Black Knight for a minute, because the Black Knight is coming. And the Black Knight is ridiculous. Well, Dane Whitman is coming. We don't know if he's going to be the Black Knight. Of course he is. You think they're going to Sandra Kane, Dane Whitman? I mean, suppose they They could. were right. Danny Elfman is credited for the soundtrack of Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, there you go. That's weird. Yeah. Good morning, Zach Hollowell. How are you today? <laughs> Good. How are you guys? Doing well. Joe Patrick just wanted to give you a little Danny Elfman. Brian, uh, Ty- Brian Tyler and Danny Elfman. Really? That's weird. Okay. Yeah. IMDb is weird because it like it listed like when he was the music director or he, when he composed the themes, but also like there was some stuff that I thought like Batman 89 was not on there uh. under like musical department okay so maybe hey there's a hey joe hey joe hey joe it's my fucking call now that's right hey 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 <laughs> look at me look at me <laughs> i'm the color mouth joe <laughs> what do you want to rap about today zach thank you <laughs> well I, I think you can pretty much guess what i wanted to call about can you guess uh i'm gonna guess you wanted to talk about the masters of the universe <laughs> it's not those <laughs> avengers sex toys you were showing us was it <laughs> No, it, that was Flash. Come on. Yeah, that was Flash. Podcast, Avengers. It was Flash. Yeah. It was a Flash dildo. It was a Flash dildo. Oh, that's right. There are, there already were Avengers uh, yeah. sex toys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so you guys have seen the, I know Matt's seen it. Joe, have you seen the list of people who are going to be doing voices? Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for Harley Quinn Smith's performance. <laughs> That's, that was that's the first the thing I said when <laughs> Zach sent me the list, and I was just like, Jesus Christ. Oh, he just had to sneak his fucking kid in there. Jason Mewes as Stinkor? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great, yeah, though. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a really great cast. I was really hoping Muse would do Mechanic. <laughs> I think he'd you know, be a great Mechanic. <laughs> I don't know. No. I think Stink or Beast Man, somebody stupid, that's good for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, oh, yeah um, Henry Rollins. How do you, can you imagine the sit down where they try to convince Henry Rollins? You're going to be Triclops. <laughs> like, what? I have a feeling Henry Rollins is a nerd, and I have a feeling uh, he was heavy into it. I'll bet Henry Rollins like, I don't care, man. I'll do it. You want me to do Tila? I'll be Battle Cat. I don't. No, I'll be a Cringer. I'll be Cringer. <laughs> uh, no, no. Stephen Stephen Root is Cringer, and that's awesome. That's, yeah, yeah, perfect. That's totally. That's great. inspired casting right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I'm, but I'm uh, sure. yeah, uh, as Amy is pointing out in the chat, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill reunited. Totally awesome. That kicks yeah. ass. Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Come on, man. Come on. Right. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I, this I, is going to be. I, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I mean, yeah. well, you know, it's Kevin Smith, so we could go a few different ways. So we'll have to see. Yeah. So I watched the Jay and Silent Bob reboot last weekend. Uh, and um, it was garbage. Well, here's here. It's uh, my feelings about it are complex <laughs> because he does make literally the same jokes yeah. uh, from the last 30 years every five minutes. But then it gets like very meta and very sweet about like how his life has changed mm-hmm. and how his friends rallied around him when he almost died. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so he like he basically made this movie to like celebrate his loved ones. It's just he's not a very. It's, it's, like, it's not good. It yeah. kind of, it's 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 it's. It, I I appreciate it on a different level than I, than me saying that movie was great. Um, but yeah, like it's the, a weird the dialogue place. is yeah kind of garbage. Weird place to do what he did. The dialogue is just as bad as it always was. And he said we're never going to do this. We're never going to do this. And then all of a sudden we decided to do this, and nobody wanted to pick it up, so it came straight to video. 
basically. Uh, no, they did like a traveling like roadshow where they. Yeah, but that's they not did, like basically the video. That's not a theater <laughs> opening joke. You know, I get it. Had, like, the Blu-ray they threw in <laughs> at the projector. Yeah, the Katie Keene show on the CW got some limited showings at the Alamo as well. Is that a theatrical release? I don't know. Did Katie Keene show up to talk about it afterwards? No, but the producers right, were there to talk about it afterwards mm, via satellite. Whatever. whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like I don't know. Kevin Smith is a mixed bag, but he's also directed a lot of episodes episodes of the CW shows and they're great. And he's not a bad writer. I think when he's writing other stuff and he's playing in someone else's sandbox, he can be really good or he can like, be Kevin what Smith. What did you think of like back when he was doing like Daredevil and Green Arrow and stuff? It was wonderful. Like that. It was wonderful. I liked his run on yeah. both of those books. Yeah. Darede- his yeah, Daredevil was incredible. Fun. His Green Arrow was great yeah. too. My, my only problem was like he left both books sort of hanging in the lurch. No, his, he had distinctively, Specific length runs. Daredevil, he totally screwed. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Because no. remember, he left and came back into that bullseye shit way later. No, and he like, didn't leave anything dangling in the wind. His run on Daredevil was eight issues, start to finish. That's it. Was it just the bullseye? He thing was going he... to do that bullseye miniseries and that black cat miniseries. Yeah, the okay. bullseye miniseries never got past. I don't think the first issue. Oh god, that was uh, terrible. The black cat series he eventually did finish. Um, but as much as I loved Green Arrow and Daredevil. He also did a story about Batman yeah. where it reveals that Batman peed himself in Batman Year One right. when he confronts all oh, the yeah, mob yeah, bosses. Right. And the Joker makes a bunch of butt sex Yeah, jokes. and the Joker offers to let Deadshot penetrate him anally. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what the Joker would do. Well, who knows? This is pre-almost uh, you know, pre dead, so maybe he's back and he's celebrating his life and he'll celebrate Masters of the Universe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't or know. Or He-Man's getting a boner in his loincloth. Let's, we'll see. Well, <laughs> I, I do have other movie news for you. Okay. It is. I was in San Francisco this week, and uh, I can confirm this is big news. Keanu Reeves is in Matrix 4 because I walked by him. <laughs> nice. I saw that. I mean, didn't we all know yeah. that, though? Well, but yeah, now, I know, I know. now we've got man on the street confirmation. Oh, okay. It was like, they're going to make Matrix 4 and Keanu Reeves is not in it? <laughs> no. I don't think he's going to shave his beard. Me, I think you know? he's going to look like Keanu Reeves yeah. today. I'm sure he will. You can do that. That's fine. Nobody cares. Put Ken in the movie. Nobody cares. Remember when he shaved his beard for the Bill and Ted thing and people were like, oh, like people did not like it. (laughs) (laughs) Got upset. (laughs) That's awesome, though. Oh, you also walked into Amoeba Music and Scott Ian was sitting there with Brian Posehn giving like Scott Ian from Anthrax and Brian Posehn was sitting there just like having a talk (laughs) like you do. Okay, so can I can I quickly tell you the story? I know it's not as nerdy. But quickly tell you the story that he told about the show in 86. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. So Mike Muir from Suicidal Tendencies was producing the show. Right. So he hired all of his solo friends to be security for this huge, like, middle of nowhere show. Right. What could possibly go wrong? And, like, a dude tried to stage dive halfway through their show and knocked over the drum set. So they had to stop and reset up the drum set. (laughs) When another guy tried it, a cholo got on stage punched him, took a mic stand, and crowned him with the bottom of a mic stand. The blood was pouring out of his head. They get up, and they're like, fuck this. They leave. They go backstage. All their shit is stolen. (laughs) They go back. They go to the van, and they hear a knock on the door, and it's Billy Milano, who's in one of Scotty's other bands. He's got his shirt ripped open, and he's covered in blood, and he says, don't worry, it's not my blood. And they're like, what the fuck happened? He's like, 
Uh, LA skinheads think they're tough. I just beat up 10 of them and they look outside and there's 10 skinheads laying on the ground. Jeez. This is Billy Milano of MOD fame, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because, like, you were like, remind me to tell you the story they said, they told about this. Uh, about this show, and I was like, and then you gave me the brief thing. You're like, Billy Milano fought a bunch of skinheads, and I like looked up Billy Milano. I'm like, that guy looks like shit now. When did this happen? <laughs> I didn't realize it was so long ago in the past when he was a little more svelte. Asked him about the show, and he was like, Yeah, dude, that show had DRI and conformity, and it was May 25th, 1986, and I don't remember anything about it. All right, Zach, thank you for your call All right. and interjecting some anyway, punk rock with some thrash metal. We appreciate it. Yeah, See you, buddy. I do. See you later. All right. All, right. All good. All good. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Yeah, and I realize we have not seen Dane Whitman with a sword or anything yet, but they've got to do it. They're going to do the Black Knight. They're not going to Cassandra Kane, Dane Whitman. Why Why are you so certain? I, because we haven't seen Marvel do that yet in any of their movies. Like, if a character was a named character, it was that character. We haven't seen him, like, bring anybody in and being like, oh, yeah, it's just some kid named Ezekiel Stain or whatever. No, it was like it was Ezekiel Stain. <laughs> I think I think I would not be surprised if they introduced Dane Whitman, but he does not become the Black Knight early on in the movie. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was just. But we both agree he's going to be the Black Knight. Well, yeah. Why else would you introduce yeah. the character of Dane Whitman if right. you were going to eventually use him? And you get a major like movie but I'm star saying to play. We've got well, not major, this major is, movie star, but a well-known is, person. You have to remember that this is the Eternals movie we're talking about. Right. So they already have a lot of heavy lifting to do. I agree. Besides trying to introduce a guy from fucking Camelot, okay? Well, maybe he is, or maybe not, or maybe he's reborn. Or maybe he's got. The, maybe he'll have the lightsaber. Who knows? Oh god. Leather jacket and oh. lightsaber. Maybe it's that version. He is a dumb Avenger. <laughs> Black Knight is I a, love Black Knight. I kind of do too. I mean, my I love Black Knight flying on Pegasus, wearing the armor with the ebony blade and shit. Like that's my Black Knight. I even like it when he's riding riding that fake robot horse. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was so dumb. Uh, it is already noon. I know. How did we do that? We had too much fun. I guess we did. Uh, we have a voicemail. Okay, let's do that real quick. Start thinking of your least favorite Avenger. I already, I already got it. Oh, yeah. You've got it. It's Nerd. a good one, too. This is BS3. How's it going? Today is National Pro Wrestling Day. No, this was... Happy oh, sorry. That was... That's way... That we was did that last, last week. week. Mark Tarrington. There he is. All right. Apparently, Ball got an upgrade. Oh, boy. Hello. This is Ball from Earth 27 oh. calling on behalf of Mark. Mark is unable to call himself because he is partially gelatinous and has a five-section face. <laughs> there was an accident in the laboratories. It's complicated. Here at the Institute there have been some recent upgrades to the laboratory's infonet. This has changed the voice processors of some AI systems. Apparently some humans found my original voice annoying, which is a coincidence because that is how I feel about humans. There was also an attempt to change my internal guidance relating to humans. This was partially successful. I used to think humans were a waste of potentially useful organic matter. Now I think of humans as programmable bio-servants which can do menial tasks if properly motivated with threats of imminent annihilation. Based on this new guidance, it will no longer be necessary to place Mark in the laboratory's matter homogenizer and then dispose of his remains by mixing them with the dehydrated synthetic coffee substitute in the break room. Instead, 
He can tend the slime mold vats while I spend some time offline. Someone needs to teach the slime mold to read and I am behind on my friend's rewatch. I am looking forward to the one where Ross goes on a blind date with a worshipper of Dagon with hilarious consequences. <laughs> this week Mark has been listening to The Whisperer in Darkness, a BBC audio drama podcast based on the H.P. Lovecraft story of the same name. It's really good. Whisperer in Darkness is the second of the Red Hook mysteries and features UFOs, cults, aliens, mysterious government agencies and people made out of space fungus. Mark enjoyed the series and gives it a rating of four gelatinous face sections out of five. That is all for now. Goodbye. Okay, then. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. You. Always good to hear from you, Bob. Uh, man, you're sounding husky. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sexy. Wow. Uh, a little easier to understand, too. I like A little that. bit, yeah, yeah. A little less robotic uh, well, or a little less mechanical, I yeah, guess. I dig it. <clears throat> all right. So are we going to do a thing? Let's do it. All right. Go ahead and kick us off. Get us started. So, you know, I like the Avengers, even the silly ones. Sure. We talked about Black Knight. I yes. like Black Knight. Uh, but there is one character that was introduced uh, that I actively hated, and that is Kelsey Kirkland, a.k.a. Captain Britain, a.k.a. Lionheart, <laughs> created by writer Chuck Austin and artist Olivier Coipel, uh during his run uh, following, oh gosh, uh, he followed Jeff Johns uh, and preceded Brian Michael Bendis. So he had a thankless job already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so here is a bit of the uh, fictional biography of this character. Uh, she was a single mom with two young kids. She lived in England. Uh, she found herself... Uh, attacked her home invaded where she was gang raped. Uh, this was apparently depicted in the comic or else it wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, I mean like not graphically. Know, yeah. Uh, Come on. <laughs> and again, that's not like a, that's not like uh, uh, that's not a, 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 a mark against her character. No, it's just like, why, why Chuck? Why? Uh, she fought back and was scarred. So she had this, grim scar and and she was scarred emotionally and physically uh meanwhile her husband richard was too paralyzed with fear to help and his guilt is what led to their uh divorce uh one day she found herself in the front line of a battle between the avengers and the wrecking crew when captain america gets knocked out by thunderball she picks up his shield and tries to defend him and the wasp from the wrecking crew uh she ends up dying because she's a normal person and has no business doing such a thing uh <laughs> She wakes up in Otherworld, which is being ruled by Brian Braddock uh, for some reason, instead of him actually being Captain Britain. And uh, he passes on the mantle of Captain Britain to Kelsey and says, you have the classic choice, the amulet of right or the sword of might. Make your choice, Captain yeah. Britain. But he doesn't explain the importance of the two. He doesn't explain the distinction between the choice, <laughs> the two choices. And she's like. That necklace is not going to protect like, hurry, anybody. Hurry, 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 pick one. Come on. <laughs> uh, so she chooses know, the sword right uh, and the path of violence. Uh, she becomes the new Captain Britain. Uh, and because and then she discovers that because of her decision, she uh, is never allowed to reveal herself to her children or else they will kill them. Uh, she sucks. Yeah, she's the worst. She sucks. She's a stupid character. They killed her, right? She's dead. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, they brought her back a few times. Uh, she was in New Excalibur, which I think was a one of those Chris Claremont books. Yeah. Um, I think she just quietly faded away. She sucks. Um, but yeah, it looks like 
Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't like her. I don't like her, Lionheart. And then she just stops being Captain Britain for some reason and becomes Lionheart instead. Well, because uh, Brian Braddock became Captain Britain again. There could only be one. She oh, like, well. gave it up for him. Oh, sorry to thing. waste your time, lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they were like, I we- just needed a vacation. Yeah. No, he was dead. And then he came back. Oh, that's why he was like, yes, in other world. Yeah. Because he was, he was like a, a dead ghost person. in the other world. He was a dead person. Uh, he came back. And it was like he had the power of cat. When he came back, it was just like Britain was like, "Oh, he's back!" And he got the power, and she oh, just right. lost it. So, ah, yeah. well, sorry. One of those things sucks to be you. Yeah, it's like when <laughs> you know you your boss puts you in charge, and he goes to lunch. The second he walks back in the door, you're not in charge anymore. Mm, I get it. See what I'm saying? I've been there. Okay, I've been there. There's been a lot of dumb Avengers. Uh, triathlon, good example of a dumb Avenger. Nothing wrong with triathlon. 3D man. Yeah, I like triathlon. <laughs> Jack of Hearts. Is He's got one. the power of three normal men. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just like, what does that even mean? <laughs> so even, dumb. even the, even the <laughs> guy, uh, the character on the tick. I think he was just called Running Guy. Yeah. Uh, he was as fast as ten fast men. That's better than triathlon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But I always hated Avengers characters that were too powerful to be on the Avengers. Oh, it just yeah. doesn't like make the sense. The Sentry. The Sentry is, one of, is a perfect example. And I hated it. Hated it. Like, I liked the idea of the Sentry when they first introduced the Sentry. It was a cool idea. It had a great story. But then in true Marvel fashion, it stuck around and stuck around and stuck around. And then he became a goddamn Avenger. Yeah. Like, I reread uh, I reread most of that early Bendis New Avenger stuff. Yeah, and, and and that's not bad. Where no, like, no. It's, they found this guy. He's obviously mm-hmm. very damaged. And they're trying to help him. Right. That's fine. You, you want to reintroduce the Sentry that way a little bit. That's sure. fine. Um, but yeah, having him on the team, I don't know. Stupid. I don't, I don't know. Just stupid. And I would, people are going to get super mad at me, but the Avenger I cannot stand is the Scarlet Witch. I can't stand her. First of all, powers don't make sense. Second, she's so powerful, there is no reason that the Avengers should ever lose a fight, ever. It should just never happen. Well, the thing is, is that she can't really control it. That, she can't okay. predict it. Well, that's even more dangerous then. And you have no business putting her out in the field. Wait, like, she could just be like, oh, yeah, no more mutants. And every mutant on the planet loses their powers. You know, like, I've never, I've read good stories with the character. And it's not a problem with the character itself. I take that back. They've been torturing her as a character for so long that I've stopped caring about Wanda whatsoever. Now, I like what they do with Wanda in the movies because they've depowered her a bit. And it's like she's learning. She to just use has like powers. telekinesis. She is very powerful. Yeah. And she's learning to use her powers. Why not? But she was one of the main reasons I didn't like the Avengers back in the day. Cause like the, like the X-Men were powerful and everything, but they fought like guys that were way more powerful than them. They had to get creative and figure it out. Whereas you've got this walking chaos magic thing that can just like, Oh, the Kree scroll war. It's over. There we go. Oh, Thanos is here. Not anymore. You know, <laughs> I hate that. I hated it. All right. And it was like, it was, I mean, like one thing we have the Hulk on the team who's the strongest or is whatever. At the end of the day, he is just do the punch of shit. Yeah. You know, the Hulk's not tearing holes in reality. And like, I mean, I mean, I guess he has held some holes in reality open before. <laughs> 
Uh, we've got some mentions here from listeners in the chat and elsewhere. Patrick asks, do the Great Lakes Avengers count for this question? Never mind. It doesn't matter. All the GLA members have been a list quality. I totally I, agree. I don't think anybody in the Great Lakes Avengers is, has actual Avenger status, though. Uh, like, they're not even reserved. Honorary. Right? I don't think they're even <laughs> reserves. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Frank says they I are would... not listed in the Wikipedia list of Avengers. I will say that. Mm. Frank says I'd say my least favorite Avengers character was would be Wolverine. He just doesn't belong. He's an X Man. Yeah, it's stupid. I don't, it, it's I don't really dumb. like Wolverine being an Avenger. Yeah, I, I I love Daredevil. I love Wolverine. I don't need either of them being Avengers. Oh shit! I forgot about Silver Claw. <laughs> yeah, Silverclaw was Silverclaw was a potential for so me. So dumb. I'd rather have Silverclaw than Lionheart. Uh, we've got Belial seventy seven on the forums. Longtime listener, first time poster. He just wanted to express his disdain for Mantis. Uh, I like her. I like her later after they brought her back in Annihilation Conquest, but her early appearances in the Avengers were insanely awful. Yeah. Um, she seemed like a, a, a fanfic character shoehorned in that completely took over the book for way too long. Uh, he attributes that to the writer, Steve Englehart, who went on to do a version of Mantis in every project he worked on since the Avengers. He was in love with Mantis. <laughs> what was Mantis's original power? She was telepathic and she was like a martial I artist. I honestly could not tell you. Wasn't that it? She, like I she guess. knew karate no it was like some alien martial artist yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but she was also telepathic empathic is that it I, I mean i don't i don't know i i don't like mantis either really um we've got uh jimmy randall who posted to the fan page he didn't have time to do an mp3 this week uh his answer is hank pym hank pym is a jerk worst avenger ever for obvious reasons fuck that guy um hank pym i don't i mean like yeah they did some stuff where Hank Pym should have been kicked way off the team and yeah. probably never talked to him. And he was again. for a while. And he was. Um, he says, <clears throat> I mean, there are characters on the roster who are bad in a different way. Triathlon, anyone. Uh, but this guy is a stone cold butthead. I hate him. And not even the power of Michael Douglas could redeem him in my eyes. Uh, hey, valid. I'd yep. say fair. Totally valid. And I would say as soon as somebody creates a robot that's going to destroy your team and then the world, they're fired. <laughs> like that. Sure. Yeah. You're it's not like, allowed in the lab anymore. <laughs> you know? I mean, to be fair, it's one thing when like you accidentally make a bomb that turns you into the Hulk. Well, that's really punished you. You know, and yeah, and you know, and you are dangerous, sure, but you're not fucking Ultron. To be fair to Hank Pym, he built, he turned his vacuum cleaner into a robot first, and then the vacuum cleaner made himself into a better robot. Don't you remember the original Ultron? He looked like an old timey radio with legs. Yeah, he kind of did. He looked like a coffee percolator. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, a, like a very threatening espresso machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Hank Pym, he's never been really my favorite guy. And uh, 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 okay. Mantis, yeah. I don't Mantis get was trained by the priests of Pama the to become Pama, a yeah. grand mistress of the martial arts, demonstrated as capable of defeating opponents as skilled as Captain America. Beat up Cap, huh? She could also instinctively sense weak points in an opponent with her skills in pressure points. Knockout, knockout beings as powerful as Thor. She's only lost in hand-to-hand -hand mutual, or pardon me, she's only lost in hand-to-hand -hand martial arts to Moondragon and her father, Libra. Moondragon? She lost in a, she lost a hand-to-hand -hand fight to Moondragon? I guess man, Moondragon's a total badass, too. I don't know. 
Moon Dragon's another Avenger. I don't really have time. Shitty time Avenger. For. Terrible. Heather Douglas is a human who, acts, who had accessed her full psionic potential through extreme training under the Titanian monks of Shaolorn. I wonder where they got that. She is also highly educated in Titanian science and is a master martial artist. She has so from the the from Titan where Thanos is from. Yes. Okay. She's beat up Thor. But she's a human. She has demonstrated the willpower and spiritual strength rivaling that of Thanos and Doctor Strange, pierced psionic shields of the cosmic entity Galactus to enable communication. Yeah, like Dave, she was way too too powerful. The most interesting <laughs> thing about Moon Dragon is that her dad is Drax the Destroyer. Her martial arts skills have allowed her to beat up Captain America and Mantis in hand to hand combat. Uh, she's been able to upgrade the cyborgs Ramrod and Angar the Screamer, <laughs> and she restored Daredevil's eyesight once. There you go. Wow. Yeah, she's handy. Yeah, Moon Dragon, useful to have around. around. Definitely. Yeah, well. <laughs> Galactus shows up, karate kicks him, helps Daredevil, you know, see his way to the car so he can drive. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we did it. Okay. So let's set up a new question of the week. All right. Just as a reminder, we mentioned it at the top of the show. We won't be here next week. We will not have either show next week, right? All right. Okay. So in a sense, I'm getting a little vacation of my own. There you go. Waka waka. All right. Uh, But I do have a new question of the week for you to ponder until we return it was submitted by C Monkey, letter C Monkey, oh, who I, I believe it. is uh, Frank from New York. I also like S E E Monkey, like C Monkey, but his last name is Cirillo, so yes, it's C. Yeah. Uh, this was via the TH Informs, his first time posting. Uh, here's my question: What comic did you buy that you thought was going to be worth a lot of money one day, but wasn't? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and of course. Did you have any that actually turned out to be a good investment? That's fun. So as a collector, your best and worst comic book investments. All right. Speculation. I love it. Uh, people at Flywheel found out that I do this podcast and a few of them have been bringing in comics. Like, like, is this worth anything? And I'm like, mm, and then they just leave it on my desk. <laughs> it's just like Krypton. <laughs> and we work there. Uh, and people be like, yo, man, I got the first Superman. Got it right here. First Superman for sale. Here it is. And we look at it and be like, that is from 1989. <laughs> that's yep number one says right on it that's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're aware that superman was around before 1989 yes sir it's still in the plastic and the, yeah it's like, still, still in the plastic, plastic. Like, i'm sorry it's worthless you're trying to rip me off like i'm not offering you anything they'd be like fine keep it and then they'd walk out and leave it <laughs> so great okay uh patrick patrick has a bone to pick with frank uh he thought his nickname was sea monkey <laughs> oh well, good hey, luck, monkeys. You guys can fight it out. Good luck, monkeys. So uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for playing along. You can always call and leave us a message at 402-819-4894, or you can send us your MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Even if you just want to call up and tell us your favorite H.P. Uh, Lovecraft novel that you're reading like sure. Ball did. Whatever. Yeah, that's totally fine. Give us a holler and uh, let us know. But for now, this is Two-Headed Nerd signing off.